This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Colossians chapter 1. One thing that gets the attention of most humans is the word treasure. If you ever walked along the seashore hoping that something had washed up that is of great value, or as you're driving along, you look out a window, and it's amazing what falls off of cars and trucks and is just laying there. Remember as a boy having a paper route and finding cash. I don't know where it came from, but it was laying there along the road. And with the little I made as a paper boy, that was always a blessing. It was a treasure. Do you know as a Christian, you have many treasures? Some treasures are so valuable that we need to understand the priceless nature of them and that God has entrusted them to us. How many of you have a Bible in your lap tonight? Would you hold it up? All right. Set it down. Do you know that what you hold in your hands is a priceless treasure. Everything you know about God, your world, your being, your future is revealed right here. How to live godly lives in Christ Jesus. How to be right with your creator. All that truth is recorded for us here. Yet we need to be reminded from time to time that God has entrusted this great treasure to us. We can become familiar with it to the point we don't appreciate it. And that's tragic. And so Paul reminds the Colossians of the great treasure that they have with what we know from Scripture as the mysteries of God. The mysteries of God. And so in Colossians 1, we're going to begin in verse 23. Paul sets the framework for an important truth that will help us even as we prepare for the table of the Lord tonight. Here's what he says in Colossians 1, verse 23. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is unto heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Interesting verses, important verses. Paul is concerned that these believers in Colossae, we got to visit Colossae a few months ago, all it is today is a tell. It's a big mound of dirt, real big. Looks like a small mountain. Underneath that dirt is the city of Colossae. But there was a thriving church there. And Paul is concerned that they be grounded, settled, and not be moved from the gospel, that they continue in the faith, especially as they watched Paul suffer. 
Remember, as Paul went around to these churches and he declared the gospel of Jesus Christ, deliverance from sin, uh, the fact that, that we don't have to serve these dead idols. There's a living God. He created us. You can know him. You can be with him forever. As Paul preached this, many were saved, and yet Paul faced persecution. His missionary team, uh, they were hunted. Uh, they were persecuted. And Paul's concern is, I'm declaring to you the gospel, but I don't want you to be moved into withdrawal and think, well, that sounds like good news, but I don't want it because it's a threat to me now. So what he was teaching was supernatural. It was real, but the suffering could push these saints away, to be quiet about their faith, to not share it. So he wants to remind them of a couple things here. He says, I'm a minister of the gospel, and suffering is part of that. But Paul rejoiced in it. Look at verse 24. Who now rejoice in my sufferings on behalf of for you. The only way you heard the gospel, the other cities are hearing the gospel, is because of suffering. We're having to endure some things to declare this truth to you. And so Paul says, I rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ. Now that's an interesting phrase. It almost sounds like in, in uh, this English uh, version... Uh, that something was lacking in what Christ did. And that's not what he's saying. Christ's work was sufficient, amen? amen? Christ's work in providing salvation was complete. However, Jesus went back to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Is his work on earth still ongoing, yes or no? Absolutely. That's why we're here. That's why Paul was here. And so this expression is really saying the Lord left me here to continue to fulfill the work that he started. Reading on then, the afflictions of Christ and my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. And so he's a minister of the gospel, and like all ministers of the gospel, there will be suffering. Notice in verse 24, Paul rejoiced in that. As Christians, we shouldn't pull away from that. We shouldn't be surprised by that. We looked at a text this morning where the apostles understood this is all part of it. Whether we live or die, we're the Lord's. We need to be about his work. Jesus had done his part. Now it was Paul's turn to suffer for the cause. And not only this, he also says all believers are ministers of the gospel. Paul wrote 13 of our New Testament books. And over and over he talks about suffering. Why? He wanted his readers to see what he was writing and to hear about his ministry and accompanying sufferings so that they would learn how to minister as well and not quit when they, first, when they faced persecution, and hardship for the gospel. So Paul is going to take these thoughts now and he's going to develop them further. Look at verse 25. Whereof I am made a minister. He keeps coming back to that, right? According to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. 
Now, the word dispensation means a stewardship. A stewardship. That which has been given by God to his servant so that they can develop, protect, cherish, and give out what God has given to his servant. To fulfill the word of God means to fully carry out the proclamation of God's word. And that brings us to what I started with tonight, the treasure that God has given to each of us. God gave us, first of all, his word. Through his word, we learn of salvation in Christ. And when we come to know the Lord as Savior... He doesn't take us right to heaven. He leaves us here because we have work to do. And part of that work is to be stewards of the mysteries of God. We're ministers of this precious truth and the mysteries that are contained therein. So every minister, every saint has a divine stewardship. A divine stewardship. We've been made managers of something. In scripture we find, do we not, wealthy landlords who had stewards, servants. Remember Abraham had Eliezer. In fact, he was such a faithful steward, such a faithful servant, that Abraham really thought, uh, I'm just going to make this head servant my heir. God said, no, 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 that's not the way this is going to work. In your old age, I'm going to give you a child of promise. But everything Abraham had, Eliezer was responsible for. Potiphar had Joseph. And then Pharaoh had Joseph. What a faithful testimony Joseph was of a steward. Over and over in the parables, God the Father presents stories with heavenly meaning, and those stories remind us He's God, He's Master, He's gone back to heaven, and He's left His servants behind. That's you and me. All of us have talents. We have things that we're to be uh, investing and developing for God. Paul reminded the Corinthians that this was what he was. 1 Corinthians 4.1, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ, the stewards of the mysteries of God. Now, why was it necessary to be reminded? Well, in chapter 1 with the Corinthians, they were viewing ministers as something uh, that, that where they were trying to up each other. Okay, uh, that that I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be more important than you. And, and oh, by the way, my favorite uh, minister, my favorite apostle is 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 Paul and and Peter and 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 they completely were missing the point. So Paul had to remind them, we're simply servants that have a stewardship, and that's the stewardship of the mysteries of God. So each of us have been made a manager. I could ask you tonight, what do you do for work? You would assume I'm talking about your job here. This is what I do for employment. But the first thing that ought to come to every Christian's mind is simply this. Well, I'm, I'm a manager of the things of God. 
That's your chief responsibility and mine. Now, before we look at what we are managing, let's consider the chief requirement for being a manager. 1 Corinthians 4.2 says this, Moreover, it is required in stewards, managers, that a man or a woman, obviously, be found what? Faithful. Faithful. Now, what causes the work of God to move forward through strong churches? It's not buildings, bucks, and bodies. Well, that's a good church. Look at all those buildings, and they have money and lots of bodies. Good church. No, no. That's not God's description. What Lord is looking for in a local assembly like this is stewards that are taking seriously, seriously, their oversight, protection, and use of what God has given them. The word faithful means God is looking for stewards who are dependable, can be counted on. Can God count on you any time he needs to use you? Dependable. I'm concerned, and God was impressing this on my heart recently. I, you know, as pastors, you watch the sheep. And, and I'm a sheep too. But I'm concerned that in these days that are so serious, we have a number of saints who are not serious. They're just not serious. All kinds of things happening around us. The, the return of Christ drawing nigh. They're just not serious. They're serious about a lot of other things, and that's why they consistently listen. They serve those things, but they're not ser serious about serving God. And I would challenge you younger brothers and sisters in Christ, young adults, young people, now's the time to get serious about the things of the Lord. You have a stewardship too. God wants to do his work through spirit-filled, dependable stewards. That's what he's counting on. So every minister has a divine stewardship. We're managers. But what are we managers of? Well, Paul alludes to this at the end of verse 25, to fulfill the word of God. He's talking about preaching it fully. I was thinking about this as we were worshiping earlier. There are a lot of things that we take for granted, but we need to stop for a moment. And I don't mean that is we, the things that we know about God and about his word, it, they become common to us. We, we can think this way. Everybody understands this. No, they don't. I remember years ago traveling with a youth evangelistic team. We've got the war coming next year. I was uh, one of those minute men. Remember one night after a preaching time during the invitation, a young man came forward because he was under conviction. He, he, he knew that he needed to know God. And so we were in a back room at this church and, and we were talking and, and I was sharing with him the plan of salvation and he stopped me. And he said, Mike, what is sin? Whoa. Hold the ponies. 
So I had, to, I had to go back and I had to start from the very beginning because I assumed that he just knew basic things that I know he didn't. And by the way, a lot of this world has no clue. They have no clue. Those are the mysteries that we've been entrusted with. And, and, and so tonight as we were singing hymns, rich with truth, his robes for mine. Does a lost man have any clue of what that's talking about? Christ becoming sacrifice for me so that I could be accepted by God. No idea. But those are the mysteries contained here that if God hadn't given us this book would still be a mystery. And it's my responsibility. Before we delve into the mysteries themselves, it's important that we understand you and I have this stewardship, this precious, precious book. So, to fulfill the word of God, Paul was concerned that he preach it fully, that he declare all the counsel of God. What did Jesus say to his disciples before he went to heaven? He said to them, teaching them to observe how many things? All things that I have commanded. Teach them all the mysteries of God. And so verse 26 now shows us what the word of God contains that we are to manage. Look at verse 26. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest, brought to light, revealed to who? His saints. You, me, the apostles, the early church, and believers ever since. So every minister has a divine stewardship. New Testament stewardship is managing God's mysteries. Now, a mystery in Scripture is something that is totally closed to man unless God chooses to reveal it. And in his word, he's revealed those mysteries. Here are some examples. In Matthew's gospel, especially chapter 13, verse 11, the kingdom parables are the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And so the Lord gave, gave accounts of the kingdom. Here's what the kingdom of heaven is like. He shared it in parables. One of the reasons he did that is because he was surrounded, and we talked about the Pharisees, the Sadducees this morning. They were going to listen, but they weren't going to believe. It didn't matter what he said. And so he spoke in parables because he knew of their unbelief, but if you stuck around, the Lord would apply and explain what those parables were. So you read on in our Bibles, especially in Matthew's gospel, you get to read on. The Lord explains what he was teaching in those parables. But they're mysteries. They need further explanation by the Lord. Romans 11.25, God's working with Israel is a mystery. Now I'm so thankful we're at the end of the church age because I can see a lot of that mystery. What God has done there, you know, just the amazing fact that Israel is back in the land, right? And, and, and you and I, get, saints before Israel became a nation again, they, they struggled to understand what God was doing. But they're back in the land. They're in place. And I believe Jesus is coming back and we're going very soon and we're going to see the rest of those things unfold. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Do you know that the resurrection is a mystery? 
It's a mystery. How do we know what's going to happen with the resurrection? He's told us. He's revealed the mystery. 1 Timothy 3.16, godliness, the work of redemption. How man becomes godly. That was a mystery, but now it's been revealed in God's word. 2 Thessalonians 2.7, the mystery of iniquity now worketh. What's he referring to there? The mystery of Antichrist, the man of sin, who when Jesus raptures the church away is going to combine all the nations of earth under his authority during what we know as the great tribulation. I'm so glad that when I read the headlines and I see all that's happening in this world, I don't have to be shaken by that. Why? Because God has revealed the mystery of ungodliness and the Antichrist. It's all coming together. It's all on plan with his plan. So you and I are the managers of these mysteries. We're to personalize them. In other words, know them personally. Understand them. Study them. Pray over them. And then we're to promote them and protect them. I don't think we realize how privileged we are as Christians today. Why do I, why do I say that? Look at verse 26, even the mystery, which hath been hid from ages and from generations. We're going to meet in heaven all these Old Testament saints. Moses. Daniel. The prophets. Can't wait to meet Isaiah and Jeremiah. I've just read their prophecies. We're going to get to meet John the Baptist. What a blessing. But do you know, right now, if you know your Bible, you understand more than those godly men did. That may have taken you back. Think about it. You know more than those men who were so mightily used of God. Why? You have had the mysteries revealed. You have the Bible. How do we know that they were limited in what they knew? Do you remember when, G when John the Baptist was imprisoned? He'd spoken out against Herod. He's arrested. Herod fears to kill him because of what the people will think. John the Baptist is discouraged. He said at one point, he must increase Jesus and I must, what? Decrease. And that was happening. Thousands were following Jesus. John, few disciples, and now he's in jail. Discouraged. And John wondered, and he sent to the Lord, and he said this, Are you the one who is to be sent, or should we look for another? Now, was, it, was that just discouragement talking? No. He was limited in what he understood. He didn't even have the Gospels. He had the prophets. He knew his own calling, but he was limited. And so we are privileged to understand today that Jesus is the good shepherd. We are the sheep. Do you understand the truth about that? He knows you by name. He's the good shepherd. He's the door to the sheepfold. 
He's not going to lose one of those sheep. All the Father giveth to me shall come unto me, and he that cometh to me I'll in no wise cast out. He's the head of the body, according to Colossians 1.18. You understand the body of Christ? You're a member of his body. All truth, all the mysteries revealed. He's the vine. We are the branches. And yes, we're stewards of the master. And in fact, John 15, 15 tells us that he wants to call us friends. These are all things that Old Testament saints didn't have any idea about. As one commentator put it, we are joined to Christ organically. We are inseparably linked. And how do we know that? Because of the mysteries in Scripture. 1 Corinthians and Ephesians tell us that we are... Uh, that G, say that I am in him, in Christ. Colossians tells us that he is in me. Wonderful truth. Because of these mysteries that God has given to us. So there is nothing like this privilege in all of creation. Even marriage cannot picture this. One being living in another being, though marriage pictures Christ in his church. Wonderful picture. But just consider what the scripture is teaching. Look at verse 27. To whom God hath made known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. And I want you to repeat with me the last part of verse 27. Which is what? Christ in you, the hope of glory. You and I understand what that mystery means. Now let me just pause for a moment before we go on and say this. Do you know that God still has mysteries? God did not promise us in his word he would reveal every mystery. Some of the mysteries he hasn't revealed for the simple reason I believe that God wants to remind us he's God, he has mysteries, and we're not as smart as we think we are. His ways are higher than our ways. And some of those ways are above finding out. Some of these theological debates, you know, well, we, we've figured out free will uh, and, and the sovereignty of God. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. How can God choose before the foundation of the earth and then how can God say that I'm willing that I'm not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance? Because God didn't say those things for you to figure them out. He just wants you to believe them. Because he's God. And he has mysteries. And again, some of those mysteries will stay mysteries because his mind is so great and he wants to remind us that our minds ain't. That even rhymed, Brother Taylor. All right. So Christ in you, the hope of glory. When I get saved, and we talked about this from Galatians 2 a few weeks ago, when I get saved, my old nature gets put to death. I receive a new nature, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. My eternal life is the fact that the eternal Son of God indwells me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live through faith. How did I get saved? Believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. How am I sanctified? I continue to depend upon Him. Christ in me, 
What what's he say to the Colossians? The hope of glory. As Christ works through me, he sanctifies me. And the Lord even describes for me that my flesh is still the problem. How do I overcome the flesh? Walk in the spirit and ye will not fulfill the lust, the passions of the flesh. But I would not understand any of these things, the riches that I have in Christ Jesus, if I didn't have this book. Now listen, he's called me to be a manager, a steward of this book. That is my responsibility. In other places in the New Testament, we'll be reminded that we are the pillar and ground of what? Truth. Again, those who traveled to Greece and Turkey, we saw some mighty, <laughs> the foundations of mighty temples. The ground, the stone, the pillars that held up superstructures that were the size of football fields. Like the temple to Artemis in Ephesus. Massive. Something far greater than that temple is this truth. And the church of Jesus Christ were the pillar and ground. And were to earnestly contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. So I'm speaking, we're having a manager convention tonight. I'm speaking to a bunch of stewards. You have a Bible. The world needs to know the mysteries of this book. The Holy Spirit, Christ in you, has turned on the light. He has illuminated your mind. He has shown you truth so that you can open it and take the truth, the mysteries, to those who have no idea about God and his deliverance through Jesus Christ. But you do. What kind of a minister, a steward, are you. We're stewards of the mysteries of Christ. The one who is our life, verse 17, now lives in us and he wants us to share his revealed mysteries to the world. Father, thank you for the stewardship that we have. From time to time, we, we just need to be reminded not to put our affections on things here below. All of this is going to pass and it's going to be burned up. We are stewards of the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. Lord, we need to show everyone we can the treasures of these mysteries as you've revealed your, yourself to sinful and needy men and women. And so God, we just thank you for shining the light on us, opening our minds to the mystery. And then Lord, after you saved us, making your, us your servants who now have a dispensation, a stewardship to share the truth with others. Help us to be faithful, Lord, to that calling. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org 
or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.